This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. I have a brand new way to start the podcast. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. No, I'm not, I'm not oh going to do that gosh. anymore. I'm just referencing the fact <laughs> that this past Sunday, we had our biggest film ever drop on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And many of you watched it. And I cannot thank you enough for looking out for it, for watching it, for commenting about it, for passing it on to friends, for watching it. Here's the best thing. On your home big screen, because that's how it was intended. And you have many, many, many questions about it, and we will get to those at the end of this podcast. Welcome back with us. Yeah, guys, thank you for watching the film. Both Todd and I are very proud of it. We had a great time, and we're glad that you feel inspired to do your own road trips, mm. which is the entire point. Absolutely. Get out there, drive your sports cars, take your own trips, plan them, and I love the memories that people are, mm -hmm. are responding to. Yeah, They're, yeah, it's yeah. bringing up memories, and people are talking about that in all the comments. So, guys, thank you. Hopefully, you've watched it. Watch it again. Share it with your friends, and uh, let yourself get crazy with ideas and be inspired. Agreed. I mean, this was the trip. Honestly, I, I've said it a couple of places, but the truth of it is we said, let's go to Mount Rushmore. That's in South Dakota. And yeah. then we just picked a route and found stuff. And it became a much better trip than we imagined from the base concept of, well, Rushmore's not too far away. And it became this whole <laughs> right, thing, right. which is really, really fun. And we had a great time. And I had that experience I always do, which is I like the trip more in edit. <laughs> That's so funny. And I, I like it at the time, but I like it much more in edit because I'm just seeing it differently. I'm not at work. I'm the That's audience cool. member. And, yeah. I, and don't get me wrong. Yeah. Our job is awesome. And I enjoy doing it in the moment. You'll see that in the piece. I enjoy doing it in the moment. And there were some amazing moments in this. Just personally, I was like, I can't believe we're doing this right now. I had a lot of those moments. But it's really cool to, to come back through it as an editor because I become you guys. I become the audience. And I'm taking it in and going, what's the good stuff here? And what's the stuff I want to make sure you don't miss? Be sure to stay for the outtakes at the end. There's some fun <laughs> stuff all the way to the end. I mean, yes. I'm sure you threw out a ton of snarky, weird, funny. Always. Like yeah. that's slightly yeah, yeah. off color and uh -huh. probably will never make it in. Yeah. Well, but we got pretty Good snarky luck. at Thermopolis. <laughs> yeah, we did. I don't think you and I have ever covered as many different tones and topics mm. in one piece as we do in this. Mm, we yeah. go from our snarkiest, yeah. our most dismissive we've ever been on camera <laughs> to probably the most somber and serious we've ever been on camera in one piece. It's, I mean, it's roughly 90 minutes. It's not like those moments are back to back. But, but this is the range of stuff, not because we sat down and went, we should plan for that. We, this is just growing out of the places we stopped and the commentary it created. Yeah, and I am yeah. incredibly thrilled with the range that it, that it brought about. And I'm just glad it came together like it did. It was a voyage of discovery yes. deep into our... Okay, I'll All show myself those things. Yes, We'll stop. Our friends at Blipshift have offered Manual Override 2, which is all about the GR Supra Manual. It is currently available. If you go to blipshift.com and then over to shop where you can find our partner store and you can see what has gone off of sale... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the stuff you've missed up to this point, but you still can get this GR Super Manual shirt. It's actually really cool. Ninety-three percent of my wardrobe—it's growing, it's holding steady. It's, oh, is it holding? Steady? I thought it was still growing. Okay, got it. All right. I, I have a couple of hoodies oh, that aren't that balance the world out. <laughs> but very good. It's very funny. If you're like me, you want the latest blip shift. So go there. Like I said, blipshift.com, our partner store there, and you've got about three more days, three and a half more days to grab one of those shirts. Hear that? 
Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you're cleaning your car after a summer of hard driving, or in our case, a monster road trip, be sure you wash in a cool, shady spot and use the Griot's Garage Brilliant Finish Foaming Sprayer with Snow Foam. I did on the Lotus after our last road trip, and you would not believe how fast and great it looked, and I'm not good at this. You can also just connect the Boss Foam Cannon to your pressure washer, or you can use the Foaming Surface Wash and Polygloss. I sometimes do, I sometimes don't. I'll do one step, just the wash step, or all the steps, and every time, it looks great, so you gotta try it. Grio's also just introduced a cordless foaming sprayer. You can create a high foam blizzard with little to no work and avoid wash-induced scratches. This is the safest way to wash your ride. Also, if you've got bug jerky all over the front of your car, try the Bug Ed Smudge Remover right before you wash. And if you've been tracking your car, Track Spray will remove the rubber smears from the tire chunks that can hit your car during your track sessions. Grios offers wash and detail kits, which make it easy to get the right products all together. Whether you need to start a car care kit or you're breaking out the foam cannon or detailing your interior, Grios has the right kit for you. Grios Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all liquids are made right here in the USA. So when you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Griots. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. It's been a long time since we've done car conclusions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have so many. I thank you all for writing your car conclusion. And hopefully it's cathartic. Hopefully it's very therapeutic as you write it. You pour out, here's Mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. I arrived at this car that I bought. Here's the story. And I love reading those stories. Of course, we can't get to everybody in a single episode, but we'll we'll continue to try. and. uh, I need to remember to do these more often because your stories are so great. You guys are awesome in just your follow-up. of, and, and we do a lot of car debates. We do. But when yes. we hit your personal car debate, we understand that's very personal to you. And what I love is you guys mm-hmm. write back because it's this definitive thing of you listen to the podcast. And sometimes I have to be like, I need to re-listen to that episode. And I do sometimes. I go back <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait, what are we talking about? But there's some great ones here. We got to start here with Akam, a friend of ours in Germany that has uh, has met us every time we go to Germany for the pilgrimage trip. Yeah, yeah. We try to do a locals meetup and Akam tries to come. So we met him on a couple of occasions. And he is... He, he came to California 10 years ago, he, I think. A long time ago. It's the first time we met him. You're right. Yeah. yeah that was crazy. Amazing. He's he, been a friend he a long had time. A, he had a long, lengthy, lengthy, multi-multi-scroll car conclusion, which is kind of <laughs> unexpected, but here it is. Well, Occam has been, he's has spent years of rolling around in his mind what car should be next, and he bought a nitrous blue 2017 Focus RS mm. for 30,000 euros, exactly how he wanted it, 41,000 miles, 66,000 kilometers, the Black Forge wheels, and a used set of winter tires on wheels on tires. That's great. Love it. We applaud you heartily, but it's also the law in Germany. To, <laughs> it is. So yes. We don't have to encourage you because you're different. actually just doing what you're required. <laughs> right. yeah, but, but we're glad still. Yeah. He's got the Recaros, uh, not the buckets, but uh, they're heated. He says the buckets were the way to go, but he prefers the heating and the height adjustability yes, yeah. for all those, uh, those cold weather, uh, cold days. He said half a year ago, he was about to buy this exact car because <laughs> The private owner he bought it from showed him the contract. He recognized the dealer as well as the salesperson, and Mm. he has gone through 
a lot of trouble to get this particular car. He sends us his dealer story and he says, the buying process was stressful because the instant wire transfer did not work. We wanted to pay for the car on a Friday afternoon. So he had to work it out with uh, with everybody to with the owner. get the, the money. Here's the trick. The owner let him go home, the current owner. This, this guy bought it six months ago, kind of right out from underneath Occam. And then the car went away. And then the, the owner that he just bought it from has decided that, you know what, this car, which we've talked about this many times, the Focus RS is too stiff for anything other than a perfect road. Right. Well, this owner had been driving it in downtown Berlin and had concluded, you know what, this car's too stiff. You know what I need? I need a Golf R or a, possibly a GTI. <laughs> so he's going to go that route, is selling this one to Occam. But Occam gets there and the instant wire transfer doesn't work on a Friday afternoon, but he wants to take the car. He's going to it's going to be his car. So this owner, this private owner, is kind enough to let him take it home expecting that the other wire transfer they did, which would have closed on business day Monday when the banks were open again, assuming all that works, mm. he'll let Occam take it home, but he's going to hold on to the title. So Occam, as a happy little kid like we all are, goes home, super excited about his new car, and then he has that kind of sleepless night experience of, but what if this guy just hangs on to the title and said the money never came through, but it leaves my account, and then I have the car, and what do I do, Eesh. and what happened? And then, of course, Monday morning, the guy calls him and goes, yep. Money came through, and he put a title in the mail, and it was there the next day, and all is good. Lockham did a pre-purchase inspection to make sure the head gasket recall was done properly. They found a little leakage at the transmission, assured him it was covered under warranty. But they reset all the liquids, got a proper post-purchase inspection. Yes, we heartily approve the post-purchase inspection. <laughs> we do those too, yes. <laughs> he contacted a friend, Chris, who owns a company in northern Germany called Beast Factory. They'll wow. build an RS into a 600-horsepower monster if you want. <laughs> That's not what Occam wanted. He no. just wanted everything done. And he said Ford actually did a full metal gasket uh, revision of that head gasket, which the is The second recall. They've yeah. done a, a, an actual Crazy. full metal uh, gasket. <laughs> They're like, fine, uh -huh. we will fix it. <laughs> you, you don't like the second one we did? We got your <laughs> solved right weld here. weld it on. So he's hopefully going to have that one done as well. I'm most interested in the cars that Occam drove before mm, he got mm. this Focus RS. He drove an i30N. He says, very nice, a little loud. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it's, got the, it's got the quiet exhaust mode, but the loud exhaust mode is quite loud. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He drove a BMW M235 xDrive, nice inline six without perf proper performance exhaust, a little muted, he says. He says it's great auto, and he likes to put his foot down on the lower middle range, enjoy that wave of torque. Mm. He wasn't feeling the auto. And he also test drove a new Fiesta ST, that one that we have recommended that mm -hmm. we have not driven, the one True. we love True, and yeah. still never got in uh, North America. But he says, would it be wise to buy a lesser car and steer some of his very fixed budget of 34000 to experiences like an NC500 trip? Mm. Although the new Fiesta would have been an upgrade in every possible way, he couldn't justify the ten grand more he would have to spend on it compared to his current Mark 7 ST. Mm, okay, I see it. Yeah. Five grand he would have jumped, but it would have undercut his budget. So why is the Civic Type R missing here? They're incredibly hard to find in Germany, and the styling of the old one is a little too much for him. <laughs> That's very tactfully put. Bravo. And then he spun off some time thinking about, should he get a Porsche? What's... <laughs> You can't. I, I love that mm. even in Germany, you think yeah. about, should I get a Porsche? Mm -hmm. What Porsche do I buy? Mm -hmm. And he considered a Tesla Model 3 performance. The acceleration would be great. But he says Tesla is emotionally cold to him, and he probably has the rest of his life to drive fast accelerating electrics. Po possibly because all of the electrics f accelerate quickly. Yes. Yeah. But he says, because of its like-new condition, 
His wife refuses to drive it. This is the RS. She won't drive the, the RS. RS. He, she, she has told him that she won't drive it until he gets the first ding under his own oh, ownership. She'll let him do that. Yes. She doesn't want to be the one to do that. It. Which, you know what? I can kind of understand that. He said, and that, actually, that's okay. He knows that that will happen sooner or later. But she's still happy with the family car. So his kids love the RS. That's the best part. That's so good. He says it, the bangs sound like a shooting cannon. According to his four-year-old, they were cackling under the hard acceleration. That's fantastic. And I love, Occam, that that car, if you guys don't know, that was built in Germany in the mm-hmm. Saar Lewis plant. Yeah. That is southeast of Luxembourg near Saarbrücken. It is Saar Lewis, small town there, and Ford's got a plant there. That's where those things were built. So it's, yeah. I mean, not in your backyard, but, but it's right home, there. It's a yeah. German car. Yeah. You bought the yeah, Focus yeah. RS. It's, it's <laughs> for all intents and purposes, a German car for sure. I love that you bought it. Congratulations. And he says a postscript here. It's really cool that he can see the everyday driver sticker on his back window correctly when he looks into his rear view Isn't mirror. Isn't that great? I love that driving. too. You put it on the outside yeah. of your rear window, but then when you look at it in your rear view mirror, you can read everyday driver. It's kind of just a nice little thing about vinyls. I like that as well. Adam R. writes to us from episode 697. You all remember the Hornets versus the Lego, right? Yes. Episode? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Descriptions of the buzzes and cracks in his car. Yes. Right. <laughs> After many months of intense research and homework and the sale of his Fiesta ST, Adam decided on the Jaguar XE Prestige 2017 2.0, the 200-horsepower 8-speed auto. He sends us photos. Mm. During his homework, he discovered that he is most comfortable in cars with a good amount of legroom, and this is something the Fiesta failed him on. Sure, sure, I get that. Which is why the top four runners were included the Honda Civic and Mercedes C-Class, but he was fairly certain they wouldn't rattle. (laughs) Just something where the interior Mm. pieces don't rattle anymore. You two should probably accomplish that. That makes it <laughs> makes it good. He says the Civic was fine. He was indifferent to it. The Mercedes was uh, too common a choice. Then there's a favorite part of my email that happens actually fairly regularly. He says, finally, I ended up disregarding most of what I originally sent you for the debate, which means he purchased this Jaguar for $17,000 at about 30,000 miles, which is a pretty good find. Adam asks me to go into much detail as I have time for about how to care for his seats and Mm. remove the strange blue bits embedded into his seats. Griot's garage interior cleaner is very mild, (laughs) yet still very powerful. And I have used them on leather seats. And as a matter of fact, Griot's, the company recommends using interior cleaner before you use the leather treatment. Mm. It's very mild. You use it for plastics, but you can use it on leather. And like I said, it's mild enough that you can spray it on, let it soak just a minute or two, and that will set you down the road. I don't know exactly what is the, I'm not the sure matter what the with your seats, issue is, yeah. Adam, but that is the recommended process. And then use a little bit of leather cleaner and follow up with, uh, with some leather conditioner afterwards, and you should be good to go. In our press fleet fire hose of cars that's coming our way, we just, which we're so thankful for, we just got the Volvo XC90, all of the things. It's Can still I say the. It? Can I say it? Oh, please, please say it. 2023 Volvo XC90 Recharge E All Wheel Drive Ultimate Bright. That's too many words, Volvo. <laughs> way, way too many words. It is about uh, $85,000, which is a lot. Nobody sees you coming, though. Nobody's ready for this thing. It's so freaking quick. That is the. Ongoing. We've driven it before. We like it already. When Volvo does this all in four-cylinder with turbo and supercharger and hybrid system, 
It is the sleeper of the stoplight. I don't care what's at the stoplight. It is the sleeper. Yes. It is the one that will take off. Last night, I got on an on-ramp side-by-side with a Mercedes EQE. <laughs> I thought you were going to say sideways. No, no, like, no, 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 no. Yes, in an XC60. No, Sorry, if, 90. If, if, if you push it too hard, it does a little bit of torque steer. Right? Yeah. While the, the front end goes does something and the back end goes, oh, wait, hang on. And there's a little Which bit of weird what? torque steer going on. But I, I got side-by-side on an on-ramp with a Mercedes EQE last night. And, of course, I know what he's thinking. I'm electric, right? Right. Left him. Did you really? Left him. So then when we got actually merged, because our two lanes became one lane for the for the actual on-ramp, right? So I left him at the, at the merge, which That's he did not expect. Great. So then when we got fully on the freeway, he had to show me. Of course he Jumped did. into the fast lane and blew by, which is fine. I get it. This is what <laughs> electric do. you thinking to yourself, you just used up about 50 miles of your range doing that. But the thing I really do like is that this does have that really fast, silent, easygoing electric surge. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, that engine does a good job otherwise. this And I want to stop here and be clear. This is not a fun vehicle to drive. No, it's still a it's, large, tall SUV. It's a big seven-seater, but it's very relaxing. This one has a, like a textured uh, textile actually covering on the seats, not leather, which I'm liking a lot more than I thought I would. I agree. Volvo makes amazing seats. Their interface you have to get used to, but I actually like it. It takes some getting used to because it's different than everybody else's, but I do like it. It's just a calming, nice place to be. It is also yeah. a bit expensive, but yeah. we are fans. Yeah. yeah, we like them a lot. Volvo, thank you for sending that as well. Well, Ryan in Colorado is writing to express his gratitude for our thorough, thorough reviews. We'll really appreciate you listening, you watching. He has really recently started a new career that requires him to commute from Loveland, Colorado to Steamboat, traversing Cameron and Rabbit Ears Passes twice monthly. Ooh. I know that. My dad actually hmm. sold real estate in Steamboat for a long time hmm. and commuted up there as well. I went up there as a kid to Glen Eden Ranch. My parents had a cabin up there, and I know hmm. that uh, that area well. Steamboat is great. Based on our recommendations, particularly the Mazda 3 versus used Golf R, hmm. that guided Will's decision to purchase a 2021 Mazda 3 Turbo for the commutes. His first car was in the his first trip in the car was the morning he writes to us, and was so much fun. Good, Will. Congratulations! That's I amazing. Hope you I love it. Rocking that thing, and it's it's quick. Edwin writing in. He's from episode 785. We've done a lot of these, Paul. There's There's been a lot. One yeah. or two. So 785, he said we he wrote about his dilemma because he was asking about the Nissan 370 Nismo, and he was saying, why does no one like this car? And we were acknowledging the fact that while it, it isn't a car that people normally gravitate to, it is for the certain kind of buyer, they are very good. The Nismos specifically are very good. He said uh, he went looking around for a while, and then he says, look, I bought a Porsche. No, he didn't, actually. He actually kidded with us that he was buying a Porsche, but he still did then buy the 370Z Nismo, an 09 with 81,000 miles. He said all stock except for an aftermarket. That's like a victory. When you're yes. Like, all stock. Yes. Like, I found one, especially one of those except cars. Except for Edwin. the stereo. It is fully stock. And he said, this is the thing he's so shocked by is that he was able to find one that was that close to stock. He got it for $27,000, which I think is kind of a deal. That's pretty good. 81,000 miles for an 09 Nismo, 27 grand. That was like a 55 or $60,000 car new. That was an expensive car new. Yeah. Yeah. Edwin, congratulations. I hope you are driving it and loving it. Yep. Excellent choice. Tom C. is in Arizona, Mm -hmm. writing to us recently. He has tried and tried and tried, (laughs) and he decided he is not a pickup person. Okay. He traded his 2019 Miata. For a 2022 Colorado ZR2, last August, he said he thought living in Arizona would be fun and 
allow him to access more hiking and biking trails while doing some off-roading, which it is good at. He said it was great for that, and then he had the realization that happens so often, actually not often enough, if I'm honest, with people that (laughs) buy big off-road-ready trucks. It dawned on him one day, I think it's because he came out of a Miata, he said 98% of the time, I'm not driving to hiking and biking trails or going off-roading. And that's terrible. He said he's bored stupid behind the wheel in those moments, which is great. I love bored stupid. Yeah, of stupidity. He came to this conclusion that it's not acceptable, definitely not worth the payment that he was making. He was missing fun of his previous two cars, the FRS and the Miata, Mm. which made him smile like crazy. So while he was tempted to go back to a Miata, he thought he'd be better off having a new experience. That is a great conclusion, Tom. He thought maybe it's time for an American V8 convertible like a Camaro or Mustang. (laughs) Uh, maybe. Uh-huh. He was looking, and maybe. then he went, um, hmm, uh, have I seen gas mileage on those? He's, <laughs> and then he realized that the gas mileage on the ZR2 was abysmal, and he's realizing if he went and 17 bought 17 MPG? Yeah, he went and bought a V8 convertible, he probably wouldn't do much better. So he started looking for small, fun, fast-ish cars and came across an obvious choice that it's intrigued him for some time, the Fiesta ST. Love it. We are still selling Fiesta STs yes, we are. all this time we, we are. We are influencing the used market of the Fiesta yes. ST to this day. It's crazy. He thought it'd be, now would be a good time to experience one of those before they're all gone or overpriced. Mm. Will they be overpriced? Well, I, ever, Fiesta STs, will those ever be overpriced? I, I, here's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to no. sell one at auction. Oh, with no miles no. that's going to be, or on bring a trailer I that's going to be not. just super, super expensive, which is ridiculous. Otherwise, I think here's what's going to happen. They're going to have a floor that's going to be higher than they should be. Higher, than, let's put it this way, higher than the equivalent Honda Fit. But I don't see there being a big turn where the Fiesta ST starts gaining in value. Yeah, hopefully not. He found one. He says it is tastefully modded. Because again, the, the victory sentence is, mm-hmm. it's stock. <laughs> Nobody ruined it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but this apparently is tastefully modded with Koenig wheels, aftermarket exhaust that he says he would do that anyway. Mm. And it was in front of him. It was there. It was available. He's happy again. The dollars will forever be his priority from now on, he writes. <laughs> you really feel a push from the 1.6 liters of fury under the hood when the turbo kicks in. He wants the dollars per smile. That's what he's worried about. That's liters great. of fury. That's, uh, fury? That's, that's a weird sentence, but it's okay. <laughs> there was a really cool blip shift, uh, fast, not furious, or furious and fast. I forget which combination of words we had <laughs> that was for the orange Fiesta for ST the shirt. Fiesta, yeah. That was really fun. Molten orange. Well, he says this does remind him of the 2011 Fit that he had years ago. But much better handling. And the bike fits with the front wheel off. That's cool. He says, in the end, trading in the ZR2 wasn't a disaster. So you probably did okay on that. They probably were able to move that again. And you are back to having smiles per mile, as you put it, which is wonderful. Jeff writes to us from episode 746. We took on his debate, and he was looking for a manual transmission car to replace his BMW 135i DCT. Apparently, we made great suggestions. That's a rarity for us. It happens occasionally. We get lucky. Once, yeah. once in a while, he gave him, gave him a lot to think about. But what really struck Jeff was a small comment about having excuses to drive the car mm. and enjoy it. Mm, that's huge. Because of that statement, Jeff thought about how he would use the car. And in the end, even though it would be more of a compromise, he wanted to get a car that could do everything so he could use it all the time. Mm. His last car had small back seats, and it wasn't huge up front either, so we all, it always sat in the garage when they needed to go out with friends or take longer trips. He didn't want to end up with a car like that again. 
something he couldn't actually use, which pushed him towards a sports sedan instead of a coupe so they could take that car and go out. Hmm. In the end, he ordered a 2023 M3 base in the color. The paint color is called Isle of Man Green. I'm going to guess we did not recommend that car. We did <laughs> Looks not. like he, he drifted from his car debate just a smidge. But anyway, onward. Well, that color looks a lot like that Alfa Tonale that we drove. Yeah. It's yeah. emerald. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. And it works on that car. He says it took a long time since he wanted to find a dealer that was willing to sell for MSRP which meant a wait list. Yeah. But then they finally took delivery and did the, uh, the BMW performance center in Spartanburg. They God, wow. Two hours on track to teach how stability control works on a skid pad. I love that that delivery exists in the U S yes, agreed. That is totally fantastic. Agreed. And the, the yeah. fact that they're doing that, yep. I mean, short track was slalom. They had an off-road experience, a factory tour after the delivery. They had that 900 mile drive home. So they got to break in the car. Love it. And then they, oh, they went up Blue Ridge Parkway. That sounds, that sounds fantastic. It's a great delivery Science. experience. I, agree. I think it's wonderful. Jeff couldn't be happier. He would say the only negative is that traditionally he was the minister of finance in the household. <laughs> and after going all in, his wife has made it very clear that he cannot hold her back and talk about budget when it's time <laughs> to replace her car. Oh, so you're doing this, are you? Okay. Jeff, well done. Congratulations. Yeah, awesome. And the color is gorgeous. The color is great. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Liam C. is in Australia. He and his wife are moving to L.A. at the start of next year, and he's been thinking about the best candidate to fill a one-car garage, but he needs inspiration. Okay. He and his wife are only looking for one car, as his wife does not yet drive, but her ambitions to drive will still limit their purchasing options. So, okay, so she's not a driver, but she'd like to, and they're Mm. moving to L.A., which, frankly, Liam, is probably one of the most car-vital cities in the world. That's a good word, vital. It's really, it's not a city where public transit cuts it. It's a city where you need a car to get places, for better and for worse. So she's considering maybe learning to drive. So that means Liam can't pick a car that she's intimidated by or doesn't want to drive. That's a factor, even though she doesn't drive right now. Well, Liam's car talk right now is largely overlooked and deemed unimportant if it isn't an Audi or something sleek, he writes, in a dark shade of green. <laughs> the default response that he gets is, it's okay. He'd love to get into a manual and had a 2023 BRZ on order previously, but he says that was cast aside. And uh, the last time the Minister of Incomplete Plans thought she would start driving. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, okay, so the problem is Liam's wife is probably listening to this, and they may have just started a fight. Anyway, so there's that happening. We're here to help. I, I, will, I will say this, Liam, and, and to your wife. I really think going to L.A., there's two things going to happen. I think how vital it is to know how to drive is going to become, you're going to feel that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I also think learning to drive in L.A. is going to be a little frightening. Uh, it's it's going to feel like a lot. So uh, yeah. let's let's just yeah. ease our way into that reality. L.A. is a difficult city with a lot of traffic if you aren't used to driving. If you come from a place that you're used to driving and you're not used to a lot of traffic, you get to L.A. and you kind of go, whoa. So learning there is going to be trial by fire. Yeah. You actually might want to do this is terrible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the thing that, <laughs> that actually was the reality while I lived there. 
16-year-olds driving for the first time, the stat at one point was 50% of 16-year-olds will be in a wreck in their first year in Los Angeles. First year driving in Los Angeles. Keep that stat in mind, Liam. You may want, here's wow. this, I'm going to wow. jump past this car debate and then come back. You may want to get a car for your wife to drive and learn to drive in and just say, we're going to have this car for six months that neither one of you like or care about. You might just want to buy something cheap mm. and mm. you're not worried about it. And if it gets dinged in a parking lot or something happens in, in a merging on a freeway, it doesn't matter. Neither one of you are fond of it, but it does its task. I want you to consider that mm. for a second yeah. car for you guys down the road for your wife to learn to drive in because I don't want the extra fear of what if I damage our good car? Yeah, Liam writes that their budget is hopefully around twenty-five grand. There's the inevitable stretch to thirty-five since he started writing the email. <laughs> you know who you're writing to. You know you that you know. say twenty-five. By the time That's we finish right. reading your card, it'll be thirty-five. Thanks for playing. That's awesome. Yeah. But he writes new would be more likely with the two-year lease to match their stint in L.A. Okay. So you're planning right. on being in L.A. for two okay. years and then getting out. He says, secondhand is not off the table. He's crossed off a few options he was happy with already, like a Mini Cooper S, but that's too small. Mm. The Civic Si is too manual. I've never heard of a car being described as, it's too manual. <laughs> You've heard, it's, it's the porridge story. It's, it's the three bears. It's, it's Goldilocks. <laughs> this one's too small. This one's too oh manual. And the Elantra N is too ugly. This is the list. <laughs> so. You know. So he's tried to find the just right. That's where we're at. It's Goldilocks so. of the three cars. <laughs> He would be concerned about maintenance of a used three or four series and Audi A4s and A5 variants at the price. His dream would be a C6 Corvette, but he fears it would fail the practicality test and also especially the intimidation test. Liam, I mean, yes, the, your imagination is running wild and I like that, but I'm wondering, I'm, I'm thinking now is not the time to go exploring the, the truly fun car even though you're going to want to explore some roads in LA. So yes. whatever we decide for you, whatever you end up getting, I want to encourage you to Turo a fun car. That's great. With you and your wife. That's great. It doesn't have to be very powerful. It can be mm -hmm. a Z4, just a convertible something. and just Rent go, somebody's Miata for the weekend. Rent a Boxster or mm -hmm. a Miata or something and mm -hmm. go explore the roads you really yes, want to do. They're awesome. Rather than having the headache of ownership and we're only going to be here for two years and mm. insurance and it's a second car or gosh, we've got that C6 Corvette, but that's just not good for everything. So it may have to end up being something five seat in gray despite your protestations. <laughs> His wife has not come around to the answer to everything, which is a wagon. Mm. Liam has tried, but everyone she sees, she says it looks like a pregnant car. Ah, that's a good one. The I do like that. Pregnant cars. That car was normal, and then it got pregnant, okay. and now it's a wagon. So the best used options that Liam is looking at right now are Genesis G73.3, mm. the Kia Stinger GT, or if he sharpens his negotiating skills, a Dodge Challenger RT. Now, that might work, Liam. The Dodge might work because you may get the argument of, honey, when are we ever going to do this if not now? That might work for that reason. Okay. However, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that you're going to like that car as much as you think you are in L.A. I, I think it's going to end up feeling big. They're very cool. They're really cool. And both the G mm. uh, the G seventy three three and the and the Kia Stinger the GT they have the same engine. It's that three point three liter turbo, excellent engine. I think that is a question between those two on how much space do you need. 
because if you need usable back seats and, a, and like a hatch, then it's obviously Kia Stinger. If you don't need those things, then it's obviously G70, which both of them are excellent to drive. The Stinger is just the bigger brother of the two. So those are both excellent. I do like big those car. quite a bit. Yeah, the, the Stinger is a fairly big car as well. I mean, it, it's it's going to feel large for sure. But those are very fun to drive. And they would do the, the kind of stealth fast thing that you're asking and also are sporty. I th- if you took a, uh, a G70 down an L.A. Canyon Road, you'd be very happy. The Challenger yeah, would yeah. depend entirely on the road. Some of the L.A. roads, you'd be like, yeah, the Challenger is awesome. Some of you'd be like, I should have brought a smaller car. <laughs> True. It depends on the uh, – so L.A. has all of the but above Turo on the road. the smaller car. Go just yeah, okay. all right. Turo or borrow or find your, your crowd – of BMW okay. enthusiast or Porsche enthusiast, whatever you, your thing is, Liam. I'm thinking Civic Touring just because oh, there was a little bit of fun to be found. And if you're looking brand new, I like that because, sure, you could lease one, you could buy one, and it'll you're not spending more than 30-ish thousand somewhere in there. A Mazda 3 Turbo is always an excellent choice. That's a very good one, yeah. We like those a lot. Mazda 3 Turbo is very good. I do like that option. That'd be a good one. I think the Alpha Julia should be driven. If they're they're considering the uh, the G70 and the Kia Stinger, he should drive the Alpha as well. Alpha Julia is good. But I like where you are with hatchbacks. I think the Mazda 3 Turbo is an excellent one. That's a bit, again, that's on the upper level of their budget that's grown to since we started this podcast. Uh, It's not 25. 35, you might get one. Maybe, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a little bit of a stretch there. You know what? I I don't think there's anything wrong with the, the Golf R too. But the problem is it's that Mini Cooper is too small commentary that makes me wonder... Because the Mini's not really that much smaller than a lot of these hatches, but I'm wondering if the Mini itself has a perception of being small and if the Golf can get away with it. Mini Countrymen's are too expensive, aren't they? Well, they're, they're above that budget. Yeah, and, I, and I'm also starting to lean a little bit too far towards CUV. Yeah, but I do wonder yeah. about the, the GTI or the Golf R in DSG. Very accessible car if you're learning to drive. Mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. overly big. They're easy to drive. Yeah, they they're very, very easy, easy to, drive. to drive. I do lots of space that, yeah. in not, but the problem is, is that two wagon? We're doing Goldilocks and the three cars because That's these so are hatchbacks. Funny. This is my wife's problem with a hatchback. I th- I see a delineation mm. between hatchback and wagon. My wife just sees wagon, just wagon. She's like, I just don't like wagons. I'm like, but that's not a wagon. It's a hatchback. Uh, <laughs> the technicalities. Never mind. Never mind. Let me explain to you liftback versus hatchback. Let me go down that road. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Just back away. Uh, all right. Well, Liam, you've got some driving to do, but it sounds like once. Once you arrive in LA, you're going to have to need, you're going to need something already set up. You're going to kind of need to know where to go. Mm. You did mention the Acura, not the Type S. You can't afford it. You mentioned the uh, the Type A. That is interesting. I also want to suggest to you, what about the TLX? TLX is always good and especially used. You can save money on those. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a good one as well. Mm-hmm. We do like that quite a bit. That'd be a good one. Uh, the problem is that Above your budget, there are even more options, but we're trying to stick to that 35-ish. Yeah, and used is not always the answer anymore. Well, I, I think say I, I get the sense that he's very much leaning, if he can, he's very much leaning new or pretty close. Because obviously at, at 35K, we get all kinds of stuff. We go 5, 10 years old, but I don't get the sense he wants to do that. Yeah. 
He has a bonus question. His wife is moving for work, so he'll be going into the job search. He's never previously worked in the automotive industry, but he feels like it's something he wants to maybe get into. So what entry-level role that would be, he's got no idea. Any mm. suggestion will get us, will earn us a $2,000 bump in our allowable budget for the car. We'll just take the bump anyway. We're just going to do that. That's who <laughs> we just, are. Yeah, That's just a default thing. Liam, I, I think it really depends on what you want to do. I mean, there's the entire part of the car industry that is unseen. You're not customer-facing, and you're teaching salespeople how to sell cars, not to sell them, but all the features, the features and of the car, yeah. you know, you're part of the events and, and part of educating people who are going to be selling a particular model. That's a huge industry that's unseen in the car world. And a new model comes out, especially with EVs and hybrids, people want to know how they work. And it mm -hmm. just it doesn't cut it to say, well, let me turn the back of the box over and read the instructions. <laughs> you can't do that Somebody anymore. Somebody has to know, yeah. You know, you, you want a specialist and something like that. So you, you could go into that. I know there's always turnover at dealers. You know, they're looking mm -hmm. for specialists and, you know, I don't know your background there well, but either. We, we've seen actual dealers will hire people that have done sales before and know nothing about cars. We've seen the flip mm -hmm. side of mm -hmm. that, where you're talking to someone who is definitely trying to sell you, doesn't know anything about cars. You, Liam, like cars, which might make you an interesting person to step into a dealer's dealership or possibly even a thing like CarMax, mm, which isn't yeah. a, a high-pressure dealer, but they actually have a lot of people that work there. There's lots of those kind of entry-level kind of roles. You could lean your way toward the detailing world, because keep in mind that California is a massive car culture. Huge, so every yeah. one of the shops that you can find in LA, every single one of the shops has got a detail person. Some of them have got PR people. You could bump into, there's multiple big PR firms in LA that deal in cars. That's true. That's so true. would they like a person that is car interested already versus just interested in PR? There's these to manage accounts and that Who knows? Kind of thing Who knows? Or, 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 or to just deal with the fleet of cars for, for gosh yeah, sakes. For I mean, sure. that's possible as well. There's all these kind of options. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jumping to questions over on Facebook, Ryan Stamp was asked to help judge a local car show. I saw this, this yeah. This coming weekend. He has yet to receive the scoring rubric, he writes, so he's flying blind. <laughs> what advice do we have for him while judging? Well, we don't know what kind of cars you're going to be judging, mm -hmm. what, uh, what era, what classes, what you're looking for, how... What's, what's the prize here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How deep does it go? <laughs> the best thing that I can tell you, Ryan, is to ask you, what is your area of expertise? Mm. And is it, are, are you getting the, the scorecard and it has to be a cleanliness and, you know, mm. certain standards mm. that are met just that most clean cars at just about any car show will have? Or do you have expertise in electronics? Or do you mm. have expertise mm. in specific interior or interior detailing or you know just an, an eye for for how the car has been restored are, are they all original are they restored there's not quite enough information but my putting it back on you and that is what's your area of expertise that you know you can bring you know i know this area of cars you know you know mechanicals you know what to look for in a good restoration or you know bodywork 
you know, something like that where, oh, I can, I can easily find bad paint jobs or bad body work or mm-hmm. something like that. You can easily sniff that out. That might be really useful in, in part of the scoring process rather than just an overall because, you know, the cars are 10 footers. They'd be like, yeah, that looks great to my, whoa, what's under this? <laughs> is that overspray? Mm. Why is this wire dangling? What does that go to? You know? There's a rip here. There's a tear here. Well, there's, you know, if you go all the way to the Pebble Beach and Monterey car shows, you get points deducted for grass stains on your white walls of your Packard or your Cadillac. Well, and the people that we know of that have kept the original factory tires, oh, that the, yeah. that, that's a 50-year-old, 50, 60, 70-year-old car, and they have those original tires, that terrifies me to know you have them, let alone you put them on the car. <laughs> they're made out of gum rubber, so of course they're treadless by now. Of course they they're, are. They still last because they're, they're tree rubber, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> There are so many great questions related to our South Dakota road trip. So some of these may be spoilers to some of you. You haven't watched it yet. We hope you will watch it. Ghosty Miata asked if we saw another Lotus on the trip. Absolutely not. And what's funny is people seem to know what the Lotus was because it says it on the back. It also says it. And and the thing is, if you go into the Corvette C8 configurator, one of the options is to have the words on the back or not. Ours does not. Mm-hmm. So the number of people that were like, what kind of car is that? I know that. Literally, we had people that would walk by and be like, I know that one's a Lotus. I'm like, so basically what you told me is you can read. <laughs> they walked up behind the car. I know oh that one's God. a Lotus, but what's this one? I was like, it's a Lotus because I mean, it says so on the back. And please don't get me wrong. Most people have never seen one, which is cool. What's really funny is when somebody sees it and they know what it is. They're like, I've never seen one of these. We had that conversation a few times, which is cool. But what's crazy is that both of those cars, in anywhere we went, you make the comment all the time, but we were spaceships. Yeah. No, nothing else like that was around, we which is aliens. crazy. We should have dressed up in like alien costumes Uh-oh. and gotten out. And now you're creating an idea for next out. time. Speaking of road trips, Aaron is writing in on Instagram and saying he's looking to do a solo road trip from Pikes Peak to San Francisco through Reno, Salt Lake City, etc. He's asking what car to take. He said, which would we prefer from his two cars? He has a GR Corolla. And an ND Miata, he said, now that he thinks about it, the GR Corolla is actually a stiffer car with, he feels like, a little bit better seats and adaptive cruise control. He's wondering about adaptive cruise control for the boring stretches. And then as more as he thinks about it, he's like, you know what? Having the ND would be really cool. I think the ND is the answer because the place where adaptive cruise control is a boon is sitting in traffic. If you're in the middle of nowhere and everybody's moving at 80 miles an hour and there's a semi to pass a kit. You don't need adaptive cruise control for that. You just put it on normal cruise control. And if you happen to slow down, you go back to normal. I'm the guy that just took a Lotus on a 2000 mile road trip. We had somebody from England that commented like, why would you do that? Stupid Americans. We've had this comment. Okay. <laughs> because that's where the roads are. So I, I am it's fun. And that's where the roads are. I am that guy, but <laughs> I'm going to say, take the ND Miata on this trip. I, mm. I think you're going to be so well much suited. happier on the back roads. Yeah. And I actually think Believe it or not, it has the, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, the nicer interior of the two is just a smaller interior. Mm, Yeah. Mr. McGillicuddy is asking for the support vehicle that we took for this Mm. trip. Chance was in a RAV4. So that was a... uh, The RAV4 hybrid. Yeah, we used it a couple of times, yeah. And we had the camera shot uh, set up in there so he could uh, immediately turn it on for all the follow footage that you guys see. He says he also knows the initial plan to... 
on release was this last weekend. He was looking at the NFL schedule <laughs> and wondering if we could move our Sunday releases earlier or later due to the NFL season starting. Uh, <laughs> Games start and finish all day long on Sunday. Let's put it that way. True. And Todd went through a massive system crash as yes. he was outputting. So we we can't always just plan on, all right, we, we're shooting. You were shooting for two and then shooting it turned into two. three and... Thank goodness the, it was out by the four, system yeah. came back, yeah. but still, well, that's you know, the there's thing. always stuff that gets in the way and we just don't know. So it's it's hard to say, sure, you know, we'll plan around the schedule. We're not looking at the NFL schedule and trying to work on that. We're not looking at any other release schedules, but but it relates to a question from Revs Up, and I want to dig further into McGillicuddy's question as well, but he's asking about our next movie and will it drop on Sunday. The thing is... We know that a lot of people are watching on Sundays, watching our work in general. Thursday is our release on our original channel. Sunday is our release on our test drive channel. However, for something of this scale, we would like you to sit down and watch the whole thing. We'd like you to have time to do that. So Sunday made a lot more sense for a piece like this. I mean, you, you see it come across on a Thursday night. Are you going to have time? I don't know. Mm -hmm, but on a mm -hmm. Sunday afternoon, which is why I was shooting for between noon and two. And 40% <laughs> through the output, the computer shut off. It went dark. All the drives went silent. I'm sitting there, and I looked at my wife, and I said something I can't say on this family podcast, <laughs> and she went, what happened? That I said, I simply don't know. Oh, my gosh, man. So I had to reboot everything. The electricity didn't go off in the house. It wasn't a breaker? Or I have no idea. The computer just decided, you know what, because we've been working awfully hard, me and this computer. <laughs> it just decided, you know what, I just need a minute. The tiniest wisp it of just, smoke. It just needed a minute. So, it, so I had a complete, <laughs> but, but I was 40% through the output of the film. So that output is now trashed, and all the time spent to do the output is now trashed. So I had to start over on the output. Ugh. So at this point, at this point, I've been sitting at the computer for a while. I went, you know what, honey, I'm just going to go run a couple errands, and I'm going to call you and ask if this is still outputting. I'm just going. So I talked to her like three times. This is the reason why I don't put a will be released at two o'clock. This is why I don't do that because the unknown variable is the YouTube Google parameter. Mm -hmm. And please don't get me wrong. YouTube has massive infrastructure. They put so much, so many people are uploading so many things at all hours of the day and night. Nobody else could accomplish that infrastructure, and that's nice that it exists. We normally, when we put a piece up to YouTube, it will upload to YouTube in about a quarter of its runtime, okay? Generally. Mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. the processing time might be a quarter of the runtime, or it might be four or five or six times the runtime. The processing time is this wildly There's varied no variable. Way to know. And we can't know until it's up. Yep. In this case, it took two hours more than the runtime for YouTube to ingest it, just to upload it off my computer after I had it out. Gosh. It's like, why, 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 why? And then, thankfully... <laughs> Come on, servers. Seriously. And then, thankfully, the uh, processing speed was very fast yesterday. I can't explain any of this Processing to you. speed is usually... That's the one that Very typically takes slow. the time. Yes. So the processing to 4K was actually done much faster than I anticipated, and the upload took forever. So please understand that I am trying to do as early in the afternoon <laughs> on Sundays as I can, and there's things beyond my control. Let's see here. Danny Boy 71 is asking me, what is with the ugly Hyundai symbol placement on the new Tucson? Is this experimental like the beaver teeth, or are the designers just trying to be overly verbose? Teeth is actually T-W-E-F-F. -F. You have to say it with a mm -hmm. lisp. So it is you always teeth. Because your teeth are so huge, because you can't say the word teeth properly. Yes. It's always with mm -hmm. teeth. But I think that Hyundai has noticed, huh, 
Everybody else is doing it, and it seems to be a luxury symbol to to go big with your logo, your mm, Mercedes mm. TriStar, the BMW <laughs> Propeller. Yeah. Uh, so let's try to go bigger. But you know what, Danny? I went back and looked at the logo, and I have decided that the Hyundai logo is in need of a refresh, just like Kia did. Mm, the mm. Kia logo is actually pretty good. Nobody's getting it, and that's a whole that's on them. But yes, the Kia logo yes. is actually it's, it's well actually, done. It's really fresh. Like it, yeah. It's mm-hmm. new. It sets a new tone. But the Hyundai logo, I think, desperately needs a redo. It's not like Ford, where the Ford script inside the blue oval is fine, and you can put that on any style of car. The Hyundai logo, I think, just looks old now. Mm, it's mm, yeah. desperately needs a refresh. I'm That's happy good. to throw some sketches at Hyundai to <laughs> try to get them to, to move. Good. But GM just redid the GM logo. The blue box forever was GM. It was yeah, yeah. They just redid it. They, you know, it's it's clean. It's fresh. I think the Hyundai logo could could use an update. But yeah, they're just going big because they want to differentiate their cars. That's what designers like to do: is go big. Nick is asking on Facebook, this makes me laugh, we had a couple questions like this. Every time we take a road trip, you and I are driving out of our local area. So we are trying to pick great roads, and we find great roads, and invariably sometimes we find roads that surprise us, they're much better than we expect, but invariably we get a question like Nick's. He said, hang on, you went through Spearfish, South Dakota, but you didn't go down Spearfish Canyon Road, that road is beautiful. We can't drive them all, man. (laughs) There's just not the time. And invariably, somebody will write us and be like, why did you guys ignore this road? I'm like, ignore the road? I didn't know what road you're talking about. I don't live in the area. If you came to our area, you wouldn't know all the roads. You'd ask us. Of course you would. So we do everything we can. Plus, it takes. here's the thing about a lot of these roads. We have another piece coming out in a few weeks that is kind of a love letter to a great road that we know about. And we're very excited about that piece as well. It's another road trip piece with these two fun mid-engine cars. But... It takes a long time to film a road. It takes a long time. And yeah, we are does. still trying to cover a few hundred miles every day, so we got to take that into consideration as well. But you did say you had a great time, you and your wife, watching this film. Thank you so much for watching it. You said, on trips, have we ever had issues finding 91 or 93 octane? Nick, I'm going to direct you over here to our road trip last year to the east. We drove 3,200 miles in our cars from the past all the way out to Philadelphia, and Nebraska got scary because (laughs) there was no good octane, and the Z car was picky. So (laughs) Nebraska gets interesting. So watch that East Coast piece. It's called The Rad Trip, and that's a very fun one as well. Sean MCL 326 asks if we have seen the Gran Turismo movie. If we did, what do we think? I have not do you plan to, Todd? Are you thinking about seeing it with? I, I, I will son? see it, but not in the theater. I'm, I'll wait on that one. I, I, there are some movies I, I've for run out. I run, well, the reviews I'm are mixed skeptical. because I, I know it, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be fundamental. Here's the thing: the the director Neil Blomkamp. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, but anyway, he did District Nine, which was phenomenal. I did not see that District Nine. If you haven't seen District Nine, watch it. It's great. He has okay. struggled with having another movie that did that well. He did the A Team remake. <clears throat> he did that one ah. with Liam Neeson in it and Bradley Cooper. Bradley ah. Cooper was the face and Liam Neeson was the cigar, cigar chewing. Was, I love it when uh, a plan comes together. He did that. but you know, fun. So there's that. He did the 18 movie. I mean, it's movie. still kind of my he kind did, of movie. He did a movie got... called Chappie, which was heard Short Circuit, but not as good. Remember the movie Short Circuit? I do. Yeah, Short Circuit, but not as good oh was the movie gosh. Chappie. And now he's back with the Gran Turismo movie. Now, what I appreciate is the fact that my understanding is they tried to do some, not all, they tried to do some actual in-camera real car stuff. I, I'm intrigued to see it at some point. 
it's not one of those movies. There are definitely movies where I'm like, I'm going to the theater. And sometimes I'm so hell-bent on going to the theater, my wife's like, but I want to watch that at home. I'm like, no, if, if you want to see it, I'm going now. That's not one of them. I'll watch it at some point. See, I just don't get excited. Ford versus Ferrari excited me. It's great. Because of the actors, mm-hmm. because of the, the subject matter. I thought, how can you screw this up? Not only did they not screw it up, it was better than I thought. And that's one of the few movies about cars that got it right. However, mm. most times I see a movie about cars come out and I will avoid it like the plague because yeah, most you. of them are terrible and they don't <laughs> do it justice. And so I'm waiting for reviews. Mm. Maybe I'll see it, but I actually just picked up a copy of American Cinematographer. I was thumbing through it mm-hmm. while I was waiting during my airport, my, my travels in the airport lately and looking through it. And I think it was the director that was talking about how they approach things. They used the Hungaro ring and Hungary mm-hmm. as their backlot because it just so happened to coincide with the film's production. And the entire track was going undergoing a facelift and a renovation. Oh, cool. love and it, love it, love it. they could just be out there and do whatever they wanted. Yeah, so they yeah. had a, a, an F1 track at their disposal. Love it which was amazing. That does just doesn't happen. It was yeah, kind of this yeah, yeah. perfect storm. And it seems like they, they did a lot of techniques where the, the driver actually driving the car is mounted up high did on a baby driver a, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same yeah. with baby driver. They, they did that, uh, to, to, you know, mount cameras all over the car and they had, a, it was talking about all this tech and all the, the effort that went into it. So mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, I, I like hearing about that. I mean, they, they really worked hard on it. Same with Ford versus Ferrari. Everything you saw on camera, especially in the background actually happened. The cars driving off, there was no mm. CG, but for some of it, when apparently in the spoiler alert in Gran Turismo, I haven't even seen it yet, but the Nürburgring <laughs> scene, they can't just wreck a car and, and mm. show spectators dying and you know that's all going to be Digital. cg yeah, yeah. and you know they're they're going into some of that i'm just af- i'm afraid it's just going to look like i'm sitting there watching a video game that i'm not playing that's what i'm worried about i hear that i hear that um there's there's a funny moment that happened with my son this past week School has restarted. He's an eighth grader now, and so they were doing that kind of. He's also huge. We're doing that kind of get to know you stuff in class, and of course, my son is like two sentences in, and we're talking about cars. Of course. So someone (laughs) in one of his classes, they asked, "Okay, so do you like the Fast and Furious movies? Because it's the obvious thing. Teenager, (laughs) middle schooler likes cars. Do you love the Fast and Furious movies?" And he kind of thumbed his nose at it. And so then some wise kid in the class says. Yeah, but all car movies are dumb. Can you think of one good car movie? And he turned to him and went, Ford versus Ferrari. And the whole room went, yeah, that's really great. Smackdown. <laughs> <laughs> That'd been very wow, funny that good that for him. Anyway, Anthony Zerg, he's writing to us. He writes a lot of good uh, questions. He's calling me out a bit because he's paying attention to minutia when he watched the South Dakota piece. He asked you if, he was, if you were annoyed that one of the tires on the uh, Corvette was one PSI lower than the others. While scrolling through one of the screens, it showed that, <laughs> oh and Anthony gosh. asked if that bothered you. And then he asked me, why on earth is my Lotus not better in condition? More specifically, why is the seat so worn? Well, the thing is, the seat's actually not any more worn than it was when I bought it. It had some stitching that had worn away. It has one little uh, tear mark in the edge, and it hasn't gotten any worse. <laughs> so you're just in maintain mode. I am in maintain mode. Here, <laughs> here's the reality, Anthony. There's, there's honestly... There's five to $10,000 worth of money I could put into that car to make it pristine. And whenever I go to Cars and Coffee and the Lotus Posse shows up, I am the most beat down Lotus on the lot. I know that. Mm. But I also know that most of the other guys that have low tie 
They drive them to cars and coffee, and they drive them occasionally on a canyon road. I just put 2,000 miles on it. And reality is uh, there's not a lot of money rolling around, buddy. You know, between me and my wife, we actually pay the bills. We get to live in Park City, which is amazing. We have a son. We have a life. Mm-hmm. Money goes out the door. We, and all of you are experiencing this. I know this is just reality. Money goes out the door. Do you go, where did it all go? Yeah. And so the five to 10 yeah. grand I'd like to put into the Lotus that my wife goes, yeah, but it looks great and you drive it, right? And I go, yeah, that's actually true. And I also don't have to be precious about it. So there's stuff I could fix. There's stuff on the clam that is that is torn and it, it bugs me. But I'm also like, do you know how good this drives? And it is a 10 or 20 footer, probably a 20 footer, honestly, where people that see it on the road are like, that car is amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's a little beat on, but you know what? Drive it. That's excellent. Anthony, it has been uh, a struggle to find TPMS sensors that are close to accurate. Mm. And yes, it bugs me, but that can be a variety of factors. It can just be one is finally, it's sleepy and it hasn't woken up yet. Wait, what? What am I doing? It hasn't registered yet. And the ones in the Corvette, they're not amazing. Even the ones in the Cayman are kind of okay, but they're two or three pounds off. Mm. Now, more modern cars, more expensive cars have better sensors for sure, but I still have found, I want to check it with my my indicator, my dial indicator. <laughs> of course you do. And yeah. I want to know exactly what that is. And I'll trust my own work, my, you know, checking that. I'll believe the dial, the pressure gauge dial, before I'll believe the, the TPMS sensors coming through with their electronic reading. And anything could happen, you know, to prevent a, a proper reading. And even still, I get out and I'm like, that's not what my dial says, it's two pounds off. It's still, so I don't put a lot of faith or trust in those TPMS (laughs) sensors. That's a nice thing to just get a range, a sense of how things are doing, but still checking it yourself directly is the best way. Last question from me that also relates to the trip says, uh, driver seat photographer said he loved the trip, loved watching it. Thank you so much for watching. He said he, he's curious, three questions. Uh, these questions, three, five, sir. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> three being the third number. <laughs> Sorry. Four is not the number, and five is right out. Anyway, <laughs> who ended up with the best gas mileage? It's question one. Uh, favorite road or favorite road for scenery on this trip, and best snacks at Wall Drug? Oh. Uh, I, this is going to sound like a, a cop-out, but I was awfully glad to get really cold ice water at Wall Drug. And we had an okay meal yeah. and a really good chocolate chip cookie. This was the range, okay? Oh, no, no, you know, I take it back. The fudge I bought at Wall Drug was worth the trip. The fudge was that, awesome. There were a lot of flavors of fudge. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. Best gas mileage, I averaged about uh, 25 to 29, depending upon the fill-up. Some fill-ups were better than others, because sometimes we were hooting a bit. I kind of think I did better than you, but we actually haven't tallied. I think you did better slightly, but I was still getting, all said and done, I think it was 24, 25 for me, and that was all in mm-hmm. for, for the entire trip okay. for the for 2,000 miles. Because initially, I was getting great. I was totally beating the Lotus. Yeah, I was at 29. Things were going great. <laughs> we're but, just zooming across nothingness. Yeah, that's because it was just flat and straight and we we're doing, <laughs> you know, the, the four-cylinder shutoff. But then all accounting for everything. But still, 25, 24 MPG out of a 6.2 liter V8. Yeah, with nearly 500 horsepower. Tr- yeah. 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 That's not bad. I have to say that the road, it's called 16A, if I remember correctly, the road that we were taking actually to get into Keystone right before we get to Mount Rushmore in the film. 
I think that's my favorite bit of road from the trip. It wasn't fast. It was it was incredibly slow. Like most of the yeah, most of the corners were like yeah. 15, 20 mile an hour listed, and, and some were like ten. Yeah. Okay. But it had the splits where the road's going along, <laughs> it's the and the left lane ever. and the right lane would split and take. They're single lanes. They're taking different paths through the forest, and then they join up later. Which is crazy. That and the pigtails, the yeah. full 180 or 360 pigtails, that road was so unexpected. Here's the thing. I looked at it on the map and thought, oh, it'll be cool. And I got on it and was like, what is this now? That was so unexpected that I loved that. And we happened to be there at a time frame and hours of the day when we didn't have a lot of traffic. So that was really, really fun. Guys, thank you for all your questions. We always appreciate you writing to us. We will continue to do more car conclusions, but that is something you guys have been very, very good at. Yes. I have asked for them, and you have responded, <laughs> so, so thank good. you. We need to do more of them. And a little update on our podcast analytics. I think overall Germany is still beating Singapore, but Sting- Singapore is still coming on strong as really? far as listenership. Interesting. Yeah, okay. it's pretty cool to well, see. Well, Singapore is an expensive so, place to own a car, so thank you for listening it about is. cars. And uh, all the Scandinavian countries are up there and i'm seeing new zealand and i'm seeing love australia it, it, of course it. canada uk germany and thank you guys for listening for watching share the film with your friends please watch it again let us know in the comments and rate and review the podcast when you get a chance looking forward to next time cheers everyone <laughs>